0: From the Carolinas to the world via the World Wide Web, this is Redeeming Truth Radio, and this is your host for the next 30 minutes as we seek to take an expedition for truth, yours truly, Pastor Brian Chilton. And if you'd like to call in, uh, of course you'll need to do do so uh, (laughs) during the live show, which airs every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, and uh, portions of this show... Uh, Due to uh, possessing a microphone that helps provide a better product, portions of this show are pre-recorded. So uh, we will take your calls towards the end of the podcast. Uh, And so we can go 15 minutes uh, over the allotted time that we have. We have uh, 30 minutes for the live show, but we can go 15 minutes over. So uh, if you have a question or comment pertaining to anything that we discuss on today's show or maybe a comment uh pertaining to uh previous shows or a question you have about some uh theological or biblical uh aspect of Christianity uh be sure to call in and our number is 323 323- Seven eight four nine six one seven. So be sure to call in 323 784 9617. Want to let you know about the website over at uh, Bellator Christie found at Pastor Brian Chilton dot wordpress dot com uh you'll have to type in pastor brian dot wordpress dot com uh we are now i mean God is blessing this year in two thousand and sixteen uh we are getting ready to hit a hundred and thirteen thousand people uh we have really boosted uh quickly here lately since we've been able to get uh or i've been able to post more frequently <clears throat> and uh now one thing that really is just intriguing to me we have over sixteen hundred and fifty followers. Or subscribers there at Bellator Christie. So, if you'd like to become a subscriber, it's absolutely for free. Uh, all you need to do is go to the website com, and then click on the subscribe button, which should be at the top right-hand corner of your screen. Punch in your email address, and then what you what'll happen is you'll receive an email every time an article is published. Uh, at Bellator Christie found at pastor Brian So go check it out and um uh, and 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 leave a comment. And now we do have guidelines about uh the type of comments that are allowed. As long as listen, as long as you're not attacking someone, attacking me or attacking someone personally, your comment will most likely uh will be posted. Uh, And also, I don't allow a lot of vulgar uh, language on there uh, because I try to keep it open for everybody. But, um, you know, as long as you abide abide by those guidelines, you keep it clean – Keep it honest, you know. Keep it clean, and, uh, and 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 engage the ideas instead of attacking an individual. Then your comment should be posted. So anyhow, go check us out at PastorBrianShilton.wordpress.com. The website is titled Bellator Christie. Now coming up this week, I'll uh, we'll have some interesting articles. Articles interesting topics that I'll be uh, talking about on the website this week. Coming up today, I'm going to offer, a little bit later on today, as soon as I get it finished and get it published, I'm going to uh, tackle the third way that we can examine Jesus by the historical method, and that is uh, looking at um, embarrassing admonitions. You know, whenever a movement or... um, a historian is trying to promote someone, uh, you can know historically whether something is true if there are uh, things of embarrassment uh, or, or sayings of um, that, that lend itself to embarrassment uh, pertaining to the person being uh, addressed or the movement that's being supported. And you find that in the New Testament. But we're going to ask the question, uh, does that support the historicity of Jesus of Nazareth? And we'll have the answer today. We'll have the article posted a little bit later today, so be looking, uh, be on the lookout for that. Coming up tomorrow, uh, January the twelfth, I'm going to have an article relating to the problem I see. Uh, I saw, well, actually, I saw this past Saturday night. Now. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of the NFL, and, uh, you know, last week we saw some great games. Of course, my Green Bay Packers won, and if I had the video cast, you would see me wearing a Green Bay Packers shirt. I'd be all decked out in my Green Bay Packers paraphernalia, uh, and obviously next week, uh, my other favorite team, the Carolina Panthers, will be playing, Packers will be playing again as well, But uh, but... But the real problem is something that I saw in the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game uh, Saturday night. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the dehumanization that takes place when we begin to objectify human beings. And so I want to address that uh, coming up uh, Tuesday, coming up tomorrow, January uh, the 12th. And then coming up Thursday, on Theology Thursdays, uh, we're going to take a further look at the pneumatology, which stands for the study of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a look at the pneumatology of Watchman Nee. Now this comes from a paper, that one of the, actually the last paper that I wrote for uh, my time at Liberty University, and so uh, that's going to be available as the second section. Now this second section is a fairly large section, so uh, it may take us a few weeks to get through that. But anyhow, we're going to show some distinctives in the theology. Last week, we looked at the biography of Watchman Nee. This week, we're going to take a look more at the distinctives of... Um, Watchman Knees Pneumatology. So that'll be coming up this week at Bellator Christie. Be sure to go check it out. Uh, Leave a comment, uh, a question you may have, leave it there, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Um, All right, today I want to talk about the uh, problem that we seem to be having with. demythologization that's taking place in the Christian church. But before I get into that, I want to just say one more thing, uh one more one more I want to address one more topic um that I think that is um important for us as Christian believers. Now if you're listening to this and you're a skeptic then um hopefully you'll see the benefit that comes through Christianity in this but I'm really addressing believers here. Uh I had a conversation with a friend of mine just the other day about politics. And we don't always see eye to eye on politics and it seems like the older we get the more we disagree on uh political issues. But I told him uh ever since I graduated Liberty uh I've really started Cranked up my devotions with the Lord. And one thing that um, God has been convicting me of here lately is the amount of focus that I have been placing on politics. Now, I'm not saying for a moment that politics is unimportant because it is important, it's very important. Uh, and I do believe that there are people who are called to, Christians who are called to engage in politics. So this is not something that I am saying, I, I'm not stressing an anti-politics polemic here. That's Don't misunderstand where I'm going with this. But one thing I see that's going on, and I see this happening on both the liberal side and the conservative side is that there is this um, emphasis, uh, let me get the words I want to say here, It, it seems to be stressing fear, there seems to be a lot of fear being promoted. On the liberal side, they're saying, "Well, hey, you know, people are going crazy. We need to have these regulations set in place. If we don't have these regulations set in place, then then this this is going to happen. This bad, evil thing is going to happen." And then you have people on the conservative side saying, "Well, all of these things are taking place to bring this certain agenda and this certain things." And and I've already given my opinion on this ultra. Conspiracy paranoia that's going on, where it looks if if the wind blows a certain direction, they're going to blame the government for it. I mean, it gets ridiculous. It gets absolutely ridiculous. And what we will, and what happens, is that we will become paralyzed by this fear. And the Bible tells us quite explicitly. That God is not the author of confusion. God is truth, okay? God is not the author of confusion, As God and God is not the author of fear. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, and God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us power, strength, and courage. That's what the Bible tells us. Through the Holy Spirit, we can have love, we can have joy, we can have peace. Peace, If I can speak correctly this, this morning, I don't think I got enough sleep last night. But anyhow, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, all of those are fruits of the Spirit and include faithfulness in that in case I didn't say that. All of those are fruits of the Spirit. And 2016 is an election year, and there's going to be a lot of politics thrown here and there. But I'm just going to say this publicly. Politics is a very important thing. Politics is something that we should uh, stress, because if we don't stand up for what's right, we could lose our rights. True, but I am going to stress politics less in 2016, and quite frankly, I'm going to focus on politics less in 2016, because ultimately, I know who wins, and here is the spoiler alert, God is the victor. Listen, folks, there are some things laid out in Revelation that's eventually going to take place, and you can stomp your feet, you can get angry, you can get mad, you can can just go drive yourself crazy if you want to, but there are certain things that's going to take place eventually. It may happen now, it may happen later. But all of these things are coming about to bring forth the ultimate victory, the creation of a new heaven and a new earth that comes through Christ Jesus. So this year you're going to hear me speak on politics much less and on god theology and apologetics which are really the which is really the main focus of this broadcast this podcast anyhow you're going to hear me focus on that much more there are people who are called to deal with uh political endeavors go for it if you're called to do that and god's called you to do that go for it but uh you know as for me you know i found myself coming to the point where I've been paralyzed by this fear, worrying about what's going to happen here, what's what's going to happen there. And you know what? That's not of God. That's not of God. And anyone that's, that's trying to promote that needs to check themselves to see what side they're on. Are you promoting fear or are you promoting God? And I think if you're promoting God, you're going to know that in the end, everything's going to work out. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be aware. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be focused uh, on what's going on in the world. We should be very aware to the things that we're facing. We should stand up. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm throwing in the towel by any means. I'm just saying that ultimately, if we're not grounded in Christ, and if we don't have a spirit of love we're going to lose what we really stand for in fact you know i wasn't prepared to do this but but let me let me just read this right quickly and then i'll get into uh the main heart of our show today i feel the lord leading in this direction and uh, you know if if there's one thing i've learned through the years you need to follow the holy spirit and i turn uh to first corinthians chapter 13 and uh, Paul says this. He says, I, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Let me just read one more verse. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So, in the end, what we find is you can add politics to that. In the end, politics will pass away. But love, the love of God, never will. So, let me uh, move from that to our main topic. Um, You know, I spent a little more time on that than I intended to. But, uh, you know, I feel like the Lord was leading to go in that direction. And I don't know who this is for or or who's listening to the broadcast and or the podcast and needed to hear that? I don't know. Maybe it was more for me than anyone else. But I just think that if we're not careful and we don't spend an adequate time with the Lord and we don't stay focused on who's really in charge, that we can lose our bearings. and And that's a bad place to be. Well, just yesterday after church, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Kaz Wilbu. Uh Kaz and I, we have some good conversations. You know, on most things, we agree with each other 100%. But, uh, you know, there are some issues that we have our disagreements with. And the wonderful thing about this... Now, now Kaz and I, we will get in some heated debates. And, and some people may think that we're angry when we do, but we're really not. It's like Kaz has said uh iron sharpens iron, and I believe that that's scripture as a matter of fact and so anyhow we we had a good conversation just yesterday we call i started calling this the the caswell Chilton uh forum and uh <laughs> i think his uh Wife, Amanda, and kids, and my wife, and, and uh, son, and parents, they, they all get irritated at us because we, we'll stay about an hour. Uh, we could stay probably about two or three hours after church discussing these issues, uh, after everyone is left. Matter of fact, we were there uh, with our families about, uh, well, really after everyone else had gone. But we we talked about how... You know, we're going through the Sunday morning series. We're going through and talking about spiritual warfare. And we were talking about Satan in Isaiah 14. Uh, Many people believe it's just focusing on the king of Babylon in Isaiah 14. But I really don't think you can say that. I think you see at least implicitly the fall of Satan in Isaiah 14. I think you see... uh, uh some some other things going on in that passage of scripture, but that'll be a good Thursday type of article that I'll write uh sometime later on uh in the future. but we were talking about how uh or how or he was talking about how he had come across individuals people in church leadership now who had seen Satan as merely a myth that uh saying that satan was um just a, an allegory or or a metaphor for evil and so when the bible spoke of satan uh that it was just talking about our conquest against evil standing up against evil forces satan really wasn't a a, a real being according to uh this these these leaders uh, but just just a metaphor for the the presence of evil. Well, there are several problems I have with that, and, and time will not allow me to go into that. I think that's another good apologetic issue that I think we need to deal with here very soon. After we get the series done on Mondays dealing with um, the examination of Jesus by the historical method, I think that's going to be the next thing we'll look at. Uh, is Satan a real being? And I'll go ahead and tell you yes. He is the source of evil. Okay? Good is a standard that comes from God. You know, before you can have evil you must first have good, and before you can have good you must have God. Well, the antithesis of that is that evil is the absence of good and evil had to stem from somewhere and i think uh you can deduce that it had to stem from some particular source and i think the greatest example of that would be satan the adversary lucifer the the son of light uh, or or um the day star i think some translations you know translate it like that and i think there are, we were talking about some potential problems there but you know again we don't have time to discuss that today but uh anyhow you know it seems to be that there is this demythologization that's taking place in the church. It's already ha- happened in some academic circles, and it seems like that it's happening in the church as well. Now, some people, because of this demythologization that uh, stems from people like Rudolf Bultmann and many others, that they, they have said, well, we don't need educated ministers. Well, folks, let me tell you, we do... Especially in the times that we live in, we need ministers who are trained in God's Word and know how to speak the truth, know how to stand for the truth, and defend the truth. But we have to understand that there are places out there that don't take the stand. There are good colleges and good universities out there. Uh, I would say Liberty University is one. I would say Biola University is one. Um uh, Unless something has drastically happened, I know Southeastern Theological Seminary is one. Uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is one. Uh, Southern Evangelical Seminary is is one. And the list goes on. Luther, Rice, there are many great places out there that teach the Bible and don't teach this. But unfortunately, there are many who have bought into this demythologization of scriptures. And it all stems from skepticism. Now, I wrote an article last week that uh, has been making waves on the website uh, that says if the, it talks about what I call the resurrection denying pastor. And this, uh, it, and it asked the question if the resurrection doesn't constitute Christianity, then what does? And I think that's a fair question. This article talks about one Jim Rigby. Okay, Uh, Jim Rigby, uh, not a name that everyone will know, but uh, he is the teaching elder at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Austin, Texas. This past Christmas, on his social media page, he wrote, and I quote, coming from Jim Rigby, he said, and I quote, Apparently because I don't believe in a literal resurrection, I'm not really a Christian. This also means I won't be going to heaven with many of you. He goes on mockingly saying that all that matters is we admit that we are a worthless trash, but that Jesus likes us anyway. And oh, we have to literally believe, in all caps, literally believe, Jesus' corpse got up. So, anyway, if you believe the good news in quotation marks, your physical cadaver will get up too. Hopefully, someone will remember where you were buried and come dig you up. Now, let me just say i th- <laughs> this guy is supposed to be a Christian leader. Christianity is built upon. The foundation of Christianity is built upon the literal bodily resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. This is ridiculous. If he wants to be an atheist, have integrity and be an atheist. If he wants to be a deist, have integrity and be a deist. But don't go around carrying the title of a pastor promoting Christianity, when in fact you're not a Christian. You say, well now, Pastor, that's also an that's awful, awful uh, uh, bold statement to make. Well, it's because of simple logic. And I provide this on the website if you want to take a look at it. Must one believe in the literal resurrection of Christ to be a Christian? And I say, yes. And here's why. Number one, I'm, I present four points that is going to present to you the reasons why you need to believe in a literal resurrection to be a Christian. One, now not everybody's going to agree with me on this because somebody may know someone, oh, they're a nice person, and so on and so forth. But as a good friend of mine, J. Andrew Payne says, and I and I think he's absolutely right on this, being nice does not make you right. And that's true. Being nice does not make you right. One, every religion possesses qualifiers. Norman Geisler writes, and I quote, that the only alternatives to analogy are skepticism or dogmatism. Either we know nothing about God, or we assume that we know things in the same infinite way in which he knows them, end of quote. Only the atheist would assume that one can know nothing about God. Thus nearly every other world view would accept that certain things are knowable about God okay with the exception of Buddhism Hinduism says you know says you can know things about God uh, Christianity says that you can know things about God Islam says that you can know things about God Judaism says that you can know things about God most world religions have these qualifiers and in fact even those that don't promote God, every religion, they and every worldview holds qualifiers. To be an atheist would mean that you do not believe in God. That's a qualifier. To be a Buddhist, uh, you would uh, you're expected to follow the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, seeking to seeking to attain Nirvana. Okay. For the Muslim, they are expected to say the Shahada. The shah- Shahada. I'll get that right in a minute. An Islamic creed which holds the oneness of God and that Muhammad is God's final prophet. Okay, those are qualifiers. A person can't be a Muslim if they don't if they don't ag- agree with or believe in the Shahada. Uh, a person can't be a Buddhist if they don't follow the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Paths and Christianity has the qualifier from the very beginning that Christ raised from the dead. Okay, without these qualifiers, the belief system would become non-existent, which leads us to the second point. Christianity is a religion. Christianity is a religion and thus possesses qualifiers, Okay, meaning that Christianity is a system of beliefs. These qualifiers distinguish Christianity from other world views. The third point is is that one of the earliest qualifiers for Christianity was the belief that Jesus of Nazareth literally rose from the dead. Without exception, Christianity was built upon the belief that Jesus of Nazareth walked out of that grave the first Easter Sunday. In fact, Paul writes, If Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. You see, Paul himself was standing up against the type of belief system that Jim Rigby holds. And I don't know about you, but if—if if, no offense to Jim Rigby—but if 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 I'm put in a position to follow Paul the Apostle or Jim Rigby, I'm going to follow Paul the Apostle. Paul writes that what he passed on is to you is of first importance—that importance, Christ died for our sins, wrote, was buried, and was raised on the third day. Well, we're running out of time, but I just want to focus in and stress that from the very beginning, the resurrection was a critical aspect of Christian belief. Therefore, and the fourth point is, the belief in the bodily resurrection of Christ is a qualifier for Christianity, and if one does not adhere to and hold to that fact, then I think it's safe to say that one is not a Christian. There are reasons why evangelical Christians do not hold other worldviews such as Jehovah Witnesses and Mormonism to be part of uh, Christianity because there are qualifiers that constitute Orthodox Christianity. You know, if you don't have qualifiers, then you have no basis to gauge any worldview, not just Christianity, but any worldview. So the conclusion is that yes, I think the literal Resurrection of Christ is a qualifier for Orthodox Christianity. And, what do, and this brings a couple of things to me. One, if a person is not willing to believe that God has the power to raise his own son from the dead, then what type of God are they promoting in the first place? But secondly, I think we also have to ask ourselves the question, do, when we become so skeptical that we're willing to deny good logic, <laughs> and and orthodox doctrines that constitute a worldview, it may be time that we become skeptical of our own skepticism. Resurrection is not just something that is to be believed, but it is something that is historically sound. It is historically solid. Now, we don't place our faith in the resurrection. We place our faith in the one who was resurrected. And if we, from the beginning, doubt or deny that God has the power to raise a man from death, then what type of God is that person serving? Folks, stand on guard. Uh, there's there's a lot of things attacking the church today. But as I said at the outset, there's no reason to have fear Stand firm in your faith with boldness and most of all with love. This has been Pastor Brian Chilton. This is Redeeming Truth Radio saying God bless and we'll see you back next week.